Welcome to Australian Hunger, I am your host Ben. Today on the show I've got an interview with the Gressvig, an interesting project which sort of combines a lot of different elements from post-rock and noise and doom. Yeah, I know, I think it's sort of better left to the guys themselves to sort of explain it throughout the interview. Sorry about the delay in getting this episode out, but um, before I get to the interview, if you're like me, you've been following the story of the band Threaten, who <laughs> sort of had a European tour, which in a lot of ways wasn't. So <laughs> I think I could talk about this story for about uh, an entire episode for about an hour itself, but to sort of keep it simple, basically what happened is the guy behind this band Threaten basically invented the fan base the touring company, the label behind the band, and through that managed to actually book himself an entire European tour, which no one actually attended, which is a really interesting approach to booking a tour. Um, Generally, the idea is to play to people, but, you know, it's not for everyone. (laughs) Some people don't like to play to anyone at all. Um, and, And basically how he did this was he created this fake touring agency which booked the venues i guess we don't really think about this because we kind of see the aftermath of the investment of time and money that touring agencies and bands put into these kind of events but essentially you can have various different ways to approach this maybe a venue might put on an event itself But in this instance, what the guy did was he approached these venues and he booked them out prepaid. And obviously the venues have two separate interests in that. They want to get paid for having the event, but they also want people to attend because that brings in a bunch of revenue through the drinks that they purchase at the event. But the way he did it was because he booked it himself, all the tickets were going through this fake booking company. So when the venue asked him, hey, how many tickets have been sold? He just lied. (laughs) He just lied. And they had no idea what was coming. No idea that when the band was actually playing, no one would turn up. And when I say no one would turn up, that's not an exaggeration. Basically, the reports are that, you know, no, no one was there and the venues are basically shocked. Obviously, this is a little bit horrifying because the venues... Uh, going into this in good faith and expecting an honest reporting of what's going on and that's not what's happened so they're getting to these nights and they're being fleeced basically out of the expected money that they're going to get from you know a well-attended event an event which is attended to the extent which uh this promotion agency stage right bookings um, actually had just an example of how sparsely attended these events were um, one of the venues that they were playing was the underworld and they actually posted publicly to threaten's facebook page saying what happened to the 291 advanced ticket sales your agent said you'd sold three people turned up now as you can imagine word catches on pretty quick and the tour has basically collapsed um they've been deleting social media threaten has um Venues have started cancelling. Some venues are going to continue on with it in the hopes that this advanced publicity of the kind of failure, that the rolling failure and rolling fraud that this tour was, might uh, bring some curiosity folks in. But um, it seems like some of the band has actually left, naturally, when you find out this is such a lie. And 
you know, it sort of all just evaporated. Really disappointing in a lot of ways because a lot of young bands would have been on the bills for each of these events and now they find out we actually don't have an event to attend. We're really excited to play at this show and it's not going to happen. Um, you know, there's obviously been some, some niceness come out of it. Uh, one of the more recent events, I think it was still going ahead. I think it was free at the door. And it was still giving me the opportunity to those local bands. It's really cool, but obviously I think uh, most of the events of the tour will be cancelled. Both disappointing. I mean, hopefully that gives a way for venues to put on alternative events and recoup some of the possible lost income. I'm not going to necessarily vouch for capital concerns, but obviously it's really important for us as a community you know the european community in this instance to have places to play and you know for them to actually have bands turn up perform well and get people to attend so they can continue on and on and on to this guy behind it jared jared threaten i assume it's not his real name essentially he seems to have bought all this so he had the money apparently to pay prepay all these venues he had the money to and the time i guess to set up the the fake label the fake the fake tour operations agency it really just uh shows like how far you can get if you have money in this this world he didn't have a fan base some sort of popular desire for him to tour to play shows in Europe but he could still do it anyway despite the fact that I think a lot of bands would like to a lot of people in Europe would like bands that they love to play there and it's probably not going to happen or at least not going to happen at the moment because there's not money behind it there might be some popular demand for it but like there's gonna be that money behind it and it's really disappointing that someone who someone could do it someone could live out their dreams despite the fact there's actually no popular desire for it to happen <laughs> but anyway fascinating story i encourage you to read all the details about it because it's just it's it's crazy crazy story when i reached out to Gressvig, i had no idea what was going on with them because they're one of those bands which didn't have a facebook only had a soundcloud and a band camp with very limited information but as it turns out it's two guys they were originally both in norway uh frederick and marius uh, Frederick's still in Norway. Marius has been sort of moving around the world and is currently actually in Melbourne, which is which is why they popped up on my radar because they turned up in Bandcamp as Australian. Yeah, happy coincidence. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, they kind of play a combination of sort of post-rock and doom metal, but their approach to the music and just the way they actually make it, their process kind of delivers some interesting results and you'll hear that throughout the interview their album was released back in october this is a joyful and omnipotent world and during the interview i play two songs one in the middle have one and one at the end shinjuku uh, this is marius and frederick from gressvig introduce yourselves um and tell us like where, where do you fit in this this project uh yeah i'll, I'll go first my name is uh, marius and i play guitar and bass my name is uh, frederick i uh, i guess i do the rest i uh, lay on the ambient noise uh, the drums and the effects now, how do you guys know each other? 
Oh, that's uh, that's been a good while. Uh, yeah, we've known each we... other since uh, middle school, junior high. What do you call it? Yeah, yeah. What would be equivalent to junior high? So probably since we were like fourteen, fifteen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we went to the same school and uh, uh, became friends there. And uh, uh, well, we we didn't start playing at first, but uh, yeah, we've been friends for a long time before that, actually. Yeah, we shared the same interest in music. Yeah. So, how do you guys find yourselves on different sides of the world? <laughs> well, that's my responsibility, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I. I um, well, we we both grew up in the same place, which is uh, uh, where we took our name from. Actually, seeing as none of us live there now, Gresvik is a small suburb of uh, outside our hometown where we grew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have been uh, the last maybe ten years been moving around a bit, so been living in well in Norway and and China and now Australia, so. I'm the one creating distance here. The globe trotter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what what brings you to our fine southern land? Uh, my wife used to live here, so um, we just decided to to give it a try after living together in in those other places I mentioned. So she she studied here, and I got to know her here, and then we. Moved around a bit and uh, then moved back here again with me this time. Oh, that's really nice. So, yeah. so, um, so Gresvik, when when did this start? Like, so you guys have been sort of separated I, by the sounds of it um, for sort of periods of times. So like, did this start when you guys were um, in the uh, both living in Norway? Was it started when you guys were in different places? How, how did it all come about? Yeah, well, we've played in the in the band uh, way back when we were like teens. Actually, we just played with one band together, didn't we, Marius? Yeah, it was it was one and, band. It never really yeah. panned out, but we had fun rehearsing. <laughs> yeah, we we joined the local like competition. Yeah, and and ended up in like last place, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but we've always been in like the same uh, uh, what do you call it musical collective. We have this uh, uh, old uh, rotten building with uh, rooms that um, and different bands playing and hanging out. Yeah, that was uh, that was how we started playing together. The beginning and then we 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 I can't remember when that stopped, but there was a long long time where we didn't be yeah. where we weren't in the same bands. Well, we were both still playing. Yeah. And uh, this particular one started up while I was here, so that uh, that would have been 2015, I think, late yeah. 2015 maybe. Hmm. We were like just communicating uh, via email. Like, uh, you remember the nineties? What we listened to you? And yeah, yeah, that's right. Would be some uh, playing some, doing some stuff. Yeah, so we made some playlists, and and turn out we had uh, again some 
common interests in well, genres or what you'll call it and decided to give it a try because uh, right at the beginning I actually uh, I brought my guitar over here but I don't have any equipment and I got one of those uh, those original uh, I think it, probably the first version of those iRigs from Frederick yeah. on yeah. time oh, and, a, bir- a birthday present or something yeah I think it was and I started yeah. messing around with that one and figure out let's let's just put something on the iPad and, and we can send online. Now that didn't last too long before I realized I had to get some other sort of sound equipment, but that was the start of it uh, on, on this roundabout. Right. I know this may be kind of like a stupid question, but like something I always like to ask bands, which are instrumental is like, why did you choose to keep it instrumental? Why, why didn't you involve other, other people in the project? Why, why do you want to keep it just between you two? Right. Uh, I think, uh, well, initially we just wanted to to create some stuff, and uh, uh, well, we we wanted to. Uh, for, for me, at least, I guess maybe Frederick will have a different answer. We, uh, for me, I just wanted to to create some music together, and then it kind of felt natural to to keep it with us too, and uh, and. Uh, following with the tracks kind of i i don't even i'm not quite sure what to call it really i i mean i labeled <laughs> it was me who labeled it post rock on there but that's purely because we don't have a vocalist so that was the easiest genre to put it in um and frederick did mention once to you know try to reach out to someone uh, to put some vocals on but um i think we might have been open for it if we knew someone, but I was a bit hesitant to just you know, send it out to these communities to try and get some. I wanted to have some sort of control of it. Yeah, right. I suggested that uh, LU uh, thing or something, that uh, propeller head. Yeah, I use uh, Reason as a, as a software, and they have some integration with like this social network music platform. But in the end, we just thought that, uh, yeah, it's better left unsung. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of digging through the limited kind of like information that there is out about you guys. So you've got a SoundCloud and you're releasing songs starting back in, I think it was 2016. So you released a, a song sort of progressively over that time up until about a month ago. What was the original intention of the project? Like, what what were you trying to do? Were you always working towards releasing an album, or were you just writing songs and just putting them out there? Well, um, you want yeah. to take this one? <laughs> no, sure. Start you. Can start. <laughs> well, I think uh, well, we we started. Uh, writing and then and putting stuff together and it, the most like I, I didn't we just thought it was best to put it on SoundCloud as we got them and we kind of wanted to hold back to put it elsewhere uh, until we got enough to collect it to our records it, it, it was it was meant to be put together to a to a record but we didn't really have any sort of timeline or or a grander idea we have um, I, I'll, I'm I'm normally writing the first drafts of things and then 
we upload it and and pick and choose and and start creating them. So it's it's not really a, it's quite it depends on what we worked on what what came in there and we just kept putting them onto SoundCloud uh, all the way until we got enough to to put a record together. So uh, I guess you could say it was some sort of end goal, but it wasn't really some something that we had to have done there and then. And uh, actually, we just put together the last track of the record to to tie it all together when we felt that we had enough. Yeah. Uh, I think it started out uh, just as a hobby and a way to keep in touch and keep the, like, the the music uh, uh, interest uh, alive. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, as, uh, well, Marius has uh, output way more than me, so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, as time uh, went by and we got more, like, backlog of music, we started to see that maybe we should uh, consider bundling it together. It's an album. So, like you mentioned, I think that uh, Marius does the does the first draft. Am I mistaken in saying that's that's like he sort of comes up with the initial ideas and then you sort of work on it together? Is that is that kind of how it works between you two? Yeah, Marius uh, starts out uh, usually uh, with a full uh, track in GarageBand. Uh, or the the bass and guitar, or oh, and um, several passengers. So uh, it's really a full song with those two elements. When uh, I get them in the Dropbox, and then I usually just listen through and pick, choose the bits I like, and try to like spin off some ideas, randomness of that. Mm. Yeah, it does. Uh, when I do, when I do start, I I I layer all the guitars and I, I make a full track. But it it's always uh, this is what keeps it a bit interesting too, because it it ends up differently. When I write them, I I normally been in well not this kind of bands, but in in bands with the traditional instruments. So when I write it all, I I kind of think in more traditional ways while while when Frederick gets them he does different things <laughs> with with what he mentioned with the ambient sounds and the and the more electronic stuff that he inputs which I would not think about. So uh, once I put up a full track and he starts working on it uh, he 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 does one passage at a time maybe and we go back and forward and eventually we end up with a finished one. Yeah. I take a kind of I guess you could say a remix approach to the material that he uploads. So usually what comes back to Marius is uh, <laughs> something else. <laughs> Marius, like, how do you approach, like, sort of taking your part in that in isolation? Like, how do you approach it? What, what, what do you what do you do to try and come up with? With, uh, with 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 parts of a potential song. Um, I if I have some idea to start with, I'll I'll start messing around. Uh, sometimes uh, I will start without any idea and just mess around with different uh, sort of uh, 
Well, I do it on the computer, so I'm hesitant to call it uh, amplifiers, but for a for the sake of calling it that, uh, mess around with different sort of sounds and amplifiers and what's available there. And um, it, it normally comes quite uh, organically if I find some, I get some inspiration from whatever whatever sound effects or, or amplifiers I do. And then uh, once I start writing something, it's... I get some more ideas, and it might it might be one part, or it might be almost a full track. But um, yeah, I go back and forward with it, and and as I said, I I'll, I like to structure them in in some traditional sense, with you know some that it moves from one thing to another, and, and normally we keep it like that too. But sometimes Frederick will like remove parts or, or move them around. But um, I start with just. Uh, getting the idea, writing uh, the melody lines, maybe um, layering it with riffs or or background sounds. Uh, there's normally four to five guitar tracks on every one of them, so I, I build on them until I feel it sounds the way I kind of imagine it. And uh, and once uh, I tie it together with uh, with different parts or if I just want to have you know, some of them you know, just have one part that never comes back again too sometimes I do all the writing then I do the um, what do you call it composition afterwards and how I want to structure them just to at least have my idea going and then then once I'm satisfied with it I'll put it up in our common dropbox and we store them there for Frederick to pick one and, and work on yeah. And Frederick, want uh, to destroy. <laughs> uh, Frederick, what's your, what, what are you? What is your process to it? Like, how do you approach something when it's been handed over to you? Yeah, well, I um, I start uh, with Garage Band, obviously, and I just listen through the whole thing usually at first. Sometimes uh, there's like a passage or a riff that. Uh, like, uh, oh, that's cool. That's I want to try something with that. And uh, I usually start adding effects or export uh, tracks I like uh, for further processing and uh, uh, reason. And uh, usually it's... Uh, I'm just picking... Uh, <laughs> The, the latest, shiniest toys and uh, the plugins and try to to have fun, basically. Mm, and, and so do you guys go back and forth like that a couple of times or is it kind of just Marius does his thing, Frederick does his thing and then it's over? How, how do, uh, yeah, how does that all work between you two? Yeah, we go back and forth probably at least 10 times. <laughs> maybe more <laughs> 30 times we have like uh, versions of the song like uh, uh, and uh, there's many there's many back and forwards I think and, and also sometimes Frederick will uh, like do one part and go back and forward until like that segment of the track is done and then we move on to the next one so it's it's not often that uh, he'll finish the whole thing. He'll he'll send what he's done, and so, so most of it we do agree on. And some of the stuff we will be mm. changing a bit and tweaking a bit, and then 
is moving on. So it's definitely a lot of back and forward and hence why also our output isn't very high per, <laughs> per year. <laughs> yeah. It's a slow process. Yeah. Each song has many branches. So uh, if I was a better programmer, we could probably make something like interactive uh, out of it. So you could uh, <laughs> travel yeah, through not different go there. paths. <laughs> That'd be cool. That, that's interesting. Like, how, how do you guys communicate about like, um, like, do you call each other over Skype or do you do you message each other? Like, how do you communicate and like let each other know? Like, oh, I, I want to. I think we should do this, or that's ready. Let's let's go and do some more work on a different section. How, how does that work between you two? I think mainly it's all in emails, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, our our time difference is pretty big here. Uh, uh, he starts work when I'm off work, and uh, mm. and uh, when he's off work, I'm sleeping. So <laughs> we normally we normally do it on on and on email or or a bit on Skype now and then we do too. But yeah, I think we have some email threads that are monstrously yeah. big. Google, when uh, Google starts acting up, we just start a new thread because it's it's yeah, too heavy, <laughs> crushing Google mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, I mean, we we also see each other when when I go home to visit, but we rarely, or rarely, is actually never doing any music stuff then. Yeah, I have busy lives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mm, tell me about it. Um, so one thing <laughs> yeah. I kind of noticed about, um, you know, sort of listening to the music and thinking about it sort of chronologically in the way you guys released it on SoundCloud is that it kind of starts a lot more sort of focused on maybe like the metal and the noise elements and then kind of yeah. leans into kind of, um, I don't know, more like ambient, um, you know, post-rock like electronic sound is is that is that something that's just kind of naturally happened? Was that something that you were? I know your interests were changing, or is that just me being crazy? <laughs> oh, you're definitely definitely right about that. But uh, definitely uh, you being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's that's quite correct. But it's got more to do with. Uh, I think like the 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 first one. Um, when we started that, it was uh, some of the inspiration was slightly different than than what continued yeah. on. But also, actually, I tried to keep a lot of those same elements in the other tracks, but they're more behind um, behind uh, the kind of I don't know what you call it, like the post rocky guitar thing, like the the reverb chorus thing now. So I, I still try to keep those. Uh, you know those kind of waves of distortion there, which is but is much more prominent in the beginning than than in the later ones. Yeah, I think the first track kind of uh, we went a bit overboard with the layers and the noise, and uh, it kind of grew into this. Uh, the first track uh, <laughs> has uh, uh, three very distinct parts, which is also the order I put them together in. So. And I, I was, this hasn't really panned out yet, but maybe later, because in that one, I was also thinking to have this kind of Merisbo type of 
harsh noise in there, which it's a little bit, but not not as much as it could have been.
Now, another thing that I always find interesting about bands which don't have vocals or lyrics is the song titles. What, 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 why do you give particular songs particular titles? Like, what's the meaning of those those names you give them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you take this one, Marius. <laughs> yeah, um, there, there's not, there's no, there's no deep meanings to it. It's just what um, uh, I when I write them and and when Frederick writes them, we we never have a title until they're done. Uh, and when they're done, then we come up with suggestions, and it's mainly just something that uh, um, that they associate uh, can be associated to the track or to the sound or some sort of um, mm. some sort of internal. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think you'll find if you, they're all they all have reasons behind them, but they're not they're not very deep reasons. It's just what we thought would fit the sound and the on the track when yeah, we worked the fir- on it. The first track, which is actually the last track on the album, is just track one in uh, Norwegian. <laughs> yeah. That's very original of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, so one of the tracks, I think it's in Japanese. Um, why, you know, obviously, I think the rest of them are in Norwegian, makes sense. But why is that yeah. one in Japanese? Uh, that was, um, and that particular one, I just, uh, it was my suggestion there because I I kind of um, felt it, it just fit to, to that uh, one uh, scene in Lost in Translation where Bill Murray is driving through Tokyo, which is my favorite movie. So I've seen it countless of times. And also, I I love Shinjuku myself, so I just that's the reason. Those two reasons really. And Frederick said, "Okay, cool, let's use it." Yeah. That was it. <laughs> and uh, by saying that, though, as I mentioned to Frederick, I'm not comparing it to the already great music in that movie. I just felt it <laughs> had a similar vibe. The album title is interesting. Where, where did that come from? <laughs> It says uh, on, so on the sign. <laughs> yeah, that uh, um, I'll uh, I'll take that one too. So we we were actually uh, when we were preparing uh, the record, we had another cover art prepared for it. Yeah, and we were trying to come up with a title, if any. And um, this uh, every all of the images we use are just photos we took ourselves to keep it simple. And this, um, I kind of forgot, I took this photo uh, when I was in China with my family last year because when I saw the sign, I, the, the, that name and the sign itself felt quite, uh, uh, I just thought it already looked like a pre-made record cover with a title and I forgot about it for a good while. So until we, until we were preparing this and already done with the other cover art actually, then I remember the image and I sent it to Frederick and I said, look, I, look what I found last year. I was meant to use it for something and forgot about it. And, and uh, yeah, he, he liked it too. So we turned around in the last place. So actually that, that sign is the only thing that's changed on it is, is uh, the name which Frederick edited. Yeah. Uh, that text and everything was there to begin with. 
Yeah, it's just the Gresvik logo that was uh, amateurishly photoshopped uh, onto the sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, where, 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 what is that place? That's <laughs> uh, the joyous yeah, omnipotent <laughs> place. Yeah, I didn't go to that uh, joyful world, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was uh, on the road when we were driving. We were driving from from um. Oh, the name escapes me now. We went to a, a, a Buddhist island there with my family, who is Chinese, and um, we were driving to Hangzhou. So it's right in between there, but I don't know what the place actually is. I only got to see the sign. <laughs> Sounds like an amusement park of some sort. Yeah, the logo that was originally there before Frederick put the Gresvik thing there looked like some sort of amusement park logo. Yeah. That must be a hell of an amusement park. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Should probably try to visit that before we die. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. should be on the bucket list now. Yeah, maybe we should try to have our first gig there. <laughs> so you guys mentioned earlier, like, um, there sort of has been a bit of a move in the sound of the band from when you put out the first song to the last song um, a month ago or so. Like, what, what's what's been happening with you guys? Like, have you been listening to different music or, um, yeah, so what's been happening for you, for you guys that sort of enabled you to make that sort of slight transition, I guess? I think, yeah. Uh, well, I, I listen to... Uh, I, I'm not sure I the, uh, my taste in music has changed over the course of uh, the existence of our band, but uh, just like the, the workflow and how we more or less have settled on how we create the music. Yeah, I don't think uh, also that the musical taste hasn't really changed, but um, it just kind of started to skew a bit more in the, in that direction. And that's also because I was messing around with the, the amplifier things and such, I think. And, mm. and I um, realized that well, all this sounds cool. I can make more of this type of uh, similar, like uh, explosions in the sky kind of sounds and things. And and the first stuff was a bit more. I don't know. We we wanted to make slow things when yeah. we started. This like stoner ish. Yeah. Well, the focus for a good while, and I guess still is, is to keep the tempo pretty slow on it. And. Mm. Um, and then now it just has uh, uh, developed a bit more with uh, the melody lines and such, which was more or less uh, uh, nothing on the first few tracks. So, uh, and also, by the way, the tracks that we have on the on the record now aren't necessarily the first five we wrote. The first, I think, the first no. two or three might be there, and then we've been uh, jumping a bit in order. Yeah. So there's some older ones waiting to be done in the Dropbox folder still <laughs> but uh, the, uh, yeah the musical test stayed the same it's more what was uh, the direction there and then I guess and as Fredrik said we, it got more settled in that particular style as we went on so I think uh, the majority of the tracks are 
um, more close to uh, like the, the first one on this record than the last one, so to say. I think the chronologically that uh, that the tracks on the album are like the first, second, fourth, seventh, and the eleventh song you uploaded. Yeah, the yeah probably the first one is the eleventh one. Yeah, so it's it's opposite actually. Yeah, and uh, yeah, right. And, uh, so we have a backlog of like nine songs or something eight songs mm, and so is that your plan for your future kind of keep working on those songs that you've already sort of um been developing to a certain extent maybe maybe not uh, <laughs> it's a bit, been a while since i listened to the other ones we've been focusing on the ones getting the ones we have ready but uh, we'll go back and listen through, and I'm sure Marius will keep uh, uploading more stuff. And, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's uh, there's uh, I can't. We we need to go back and and revisit. But there's uh, I know it's not that long since I rechecked him, and it's definitely enough for one more album in there. And last one I'm I wrote is probably a month ago or so. So we're still right. we're still doing things. Mm, cool. Now, you, so you talked a little bit about the the things that were sort of initially inspiring you, kind of like doom, noise sort of stuff. What kind of bands were sort of inspiring you at that stage? Like, what, what sort of bands were inspiring you that you initially wanted to kind of work on this particular type of music? Uh, we probably have different reference points there, I would assume. We we might have some similar ones, but um, mine, um, my the stuff that I kind of uh, want, well inspired when I write a lot of this stuff is in some of the usual suspects, I'd say, like um, like I mentioned, explosions in the sky, uh, and and also with the slower stuff that I mentioned um, right around the time uh, we started it, I went to see uh, Sun here in Melbourne, which was, which was mm. something that inspired things to slow down quite a bit. And, uh, and uh, other, other, I guess the, the, the slow parts, I don't really have too much like the slow riffing and such. I don't have too much reference points that I have in constant rotation. It's more of those, um, those post-rock bands are like, uh, also like Sigurd Rosa listen a lot to although we'd sound nothing like it but it might be uh, sneaking its way in there still when I'm thinking about writing and um, and also lately a bit of uh, Muno uh, the mm-hmm. Japanese band uh, but I think yeah I, I, I don't really know uh, the where I'm taking the slow stuff from. Also, uh, some of the stuff that we haven't really released yet has a bit of uh, this kind of uh, my bloody Valentine parts to it. It's a lot of sharp distortion. Um, yeah, that is a, it's a, it's not a good summarizing, but that <laughs> might be some of the ones I have. Well, uh, my I I listen to like Stone Rock, like Sleep and. Uh, and uh, 
you know, lose or. But uh, I also listen to a lot of more like electronic uh, music, Trent Reznor stuff inspires me, I guess. And uh, ambient and noise bands like Boris, G mm. Lost, stuff like that. I'm a great fan of uh, stuff like uh, Boards of Canada also and uh, Hotaker and IDM like that. Couple last questions about you guys. So, so Marius with the guitar. Yep. W- when did you pick that up, and why? Why did you stay with it? Um. Well, actually, uh, the first time I had where I really just played on a guitar, I didn't find it interesting at all because it was in school, um, <laughs> where we just had like. A, once a week some guitar thing so I didn't stick with it then and at the time yeah. I was uh, doing sports home dude <laughs> yeah yeah it was the same thing over and over maybe maybe a <laughs> imagine here or there or something like that but uh, yeah. um, so I didn't I didn't stay with it then and then um, I, I was playing sports and I was yeah, we were friends with Frederick and Frederick had a uh, he had like a, a, I guess it was like a fender knockoff. Yeah. Uh, I was always hanging like on a, his wall. A hundred dollar fender thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was one day where uh, I was at his place and uh, I'm I'm left-handed. So I, I could never just pick up a guitar when I was at friend's place and, and play them because it would be upside down and everything. But um, he just detuned it uh and uh, and just uh, showed me, hey, if you if you, you know if you play here and there, try that. And then uh, all of a sudden, it was uh, the the first riff of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Right. Uh, and then uh, and then suddenly, guitar was a lot cooler. And <laughs> he had like a really small PV with a really harsh distortion, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And when that kicked that in, and then suddenly. Uh, suddenly that was a lot of fun and, and I think we decided there and then that let's start a band so uh, I do remember to this day actually that Frederick actually uh, restringed the guitar upside down and drilled a hole in it so that I can use it Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he started playing drums uh, and then we, we started that first band if you can call it that we, at least we had a lot of fun rehearsing with it yeah and then I, from there on, I, I went on to keep playing in other bands uh, later in different different styles. I played in punk bands. Um, I started playing bass later too in uh, some punk bands and, and kept playing guitar in some hardcore bands. So it's just been been sticking along yeah, until now, really. And, and Frederick, what, what attracted you to the electronic aspects? Yeah, I guess uh, I um, it started when I bought my first uh, computer. It had uh, some trackers installed, and I I bought it used, so I got a disc full of like uh, mod files. So I started to like uh, listening to those and changing stuff and uh, just playing around with it. Later, I went on to like hardware uh, synthesizers and uh, like MIDI trackers, and uh, so I always enjoyed having fun on the computer with music. I guess. 
And, and final question for you guys. Um, do you, I, know, I know sometimes it can be a difficult one, but do you have any favourite bands or albums? <laughs> Quite many, probably. Yeah. Well, I, I've always been a fan of uh, instrumental music, I guess. Uh, a bit weird, maybe, but uh, Osric Tentacles uh, <laughs> has been one of my favourite bands since the early 90s. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm not sure if I have a particular one. And and the ones that I do uh, are my favorites. Really, are aren't similar to the music we're playing at all. Uh, I think one of my maybe favorite records throughout time is uh, uh, "Lifted" record by Bright Eyes. And uh, and then there's a a whole heap of other uh, different style and genres that would fit in. Um, I really uh, the last couple of years I've been listening a lot to the men singers, which I think keep putting out great records. But it'd be hard. I, I don't know how to. I don't have a particular favorite. I, I would say that would be too hard to answer.
That was Shinjuku from Gressvig's album This Is A Joyful And Omnipotent World. And before that, we heard Halfborn in the middle of the interview. Uh, that was Gressvig. Um, really, really good to talk to them. Um, it was actually my first interview, which I did, which connected two different people on the same Skype call. Uh, no idea you can do that, but you can. Wonders of technology. And I really appreciate the guys um, trying to work out the time zones and get together with me. So I really appreciate that. So thanks so much to them. A recommendation before I finish today's episode. Um, this one's by a band called Anal Trump. It's a comedy grindcore band in the vein of uh, grindcore legends Anal Cunt. It's by Travis Ryan from Cattle Capitation. And um, I'm not sure who does the instrumentation, to be honest. Um, it's listed as Rob Trump, but it's probably Rob somebody from some other band. Um, but yeah, it's really cool stuff, um, both because it, it just takes that extremity that I think only anal cunt could really deliver, the combination of absurd lyrics, um, incredibly short songs, um, and, and you know that really sort of extreme grindcore approach, which... You know, obviously a lot of other bands share, but I think Anal Cunt brought a special kind of just absurdity to the whole process. They they take the the offensive lyrics, offensive song titles in a way that I think is the only real way you can kind of get away with it in this modern age and not come off like absolute bastards about it. Um, just because it's really in the vein of Trump. You know, it's not meant to be I'm some random dickhead who's being an asshole about stuff it's you know this is an expression of the vileness that is Donald Trump the latest sort of compilations of a bunch of EPs they've put out the first hundred songs um, I, I think this is in particular is a really good one because like all the other previous releases the proceeds go to some sort of charity um, which is really good, um, especially in this sort of time when a, a lot of people are in need, particularly in the United States. So that's the first hundred songs by Anal Trump. Later in this week, I'm going to have an interview with Shallow Grave from New Zealand. So keep an ear out for that. But uh, thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you later in the week. <laughs> 